Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro life ministry and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome back to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast. We appreciate you guys listening. And as always, would appreciate if you guys would share this podcast episode with your friends, with other people that you think would be um, encouraged and equipped by this podcast. And that's what this is all about. This is about encouraging, equipping people who are doing ministry at abortion centers on the sidewalk, just sharing some of our experiences, some of the things that have come across our radar. Come, come across our desk, things that we, you know, subjects that we think would be a blessing to talk through. Uh, maybe subjects that you wouldn't think so much about, especially if you're brand new to this ministry. Mm-hmm. But this kind of came, came across my radar the other day as we were in front of the abortion center. Right. And an ambulance showed up. Yep. And, and a if fire you're out truck. There, yeah, and Both. a fire truck. Mm-hmm. If you're out there for any length of time, we know that these are not safe places. They're not good places. Mm-hmm. And there are various reasons why ambulances show up. I mean, ambulances show up at other medical facilities as well. So we can't always assume that it's a botched abortion. Right. Uh, But it certainly could be that. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk through what do you do when an ambulance shows up at the abortion center? What are some things to do? What are some things not to do, maybe? And um, so let's talk through that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know for me... uh, you know, there's the horror of it showing up and you thinking it might indeed be a botched abortion. But there's the the desire on one hand also to use it, to use it to expose what happens at an abortion center. And there is a delicate balance between being using it like an ambulance chaser, right? like for your own purposes and being sensitive to the fact that this is a someone is hurt. Right. And in possibly in in very bad circumstances in danger. Certainly. So I think it is important to talk about what we should do, what should be our immediate responses. And and one of the first things that we always do is we have our camera ready. Yeah. We want to record the fact that it was there because you will hear the lie over and over again. Abortion is safe and the women are not harmed in an abortion. Yeah. And when you can take a photograph of an ambulance in front of an abortion center, that instantly sheds some doubt about yep. that being true. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And I've been out there, you know, for about the fa- past fifteen years or so. Mm-hmm. And from what I have seen and recall, I've seen ambulances come there about twelve, maybe thirteen different times. Yeah. And some of the one of those situations I know in particular. Well. Uh, at least one that I can remember right off the top of my head, mm-hmm. I know for a fact was a botched abortion situation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some of the other ones could have been, you know, within any medical facility, and I use medical facility loosely for this, uh, for abortion centers, of course. There can be situations that, you know, a woman's blood pressure drops or they pass out for some particular reason. Or th- there's right. other reasons why. So we have to recognize that. Right. And that's why I said when I started out, it's not always a botched abortion. Yeah. So to assume, to jump to the 
it's easy to jump to the worst conclusion possible because we're dealing with a place that murders children for money. Okay. Right. Right. But we also want to make sure that we're being honest in what we're saying. Right. Mm -hmm. So if it's not a botched abortion, we don't need to be, for example, on the microphone saying there's a botched abortion that just took place. You know, right. We don't know that for sure. Right. So we need to be careful because we want to make sure that the information that we're giving is credible. Right. right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. But also we Uh do want to. I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. Um, so I'll, I'll just come out, out and say it, right? Okay. We we do want to use the fact that there was an ambulance there as fuel for convincing a mother not to go inside of that place, right? Exactly. Because abortion is not safe. Right, right. And I, I do know that we have had past counselors who were ER nurses and who told us that they would mop up the effects of the abortion Um that very same afternoon following an abortion, and they said that it is more common than we know that there are dangers from abortion and that the ER people are the ones that are dealing with it. But I do want to say when you've got your camera ready, there are some things not to do, and I think it is very important in in. To be sure that we're not using this for our purposes without sensitivity to the mom, the patient. And that is don't photograph a picture of the mother. And if you do, if you get a picture of the person where she is identifiable on the stretcher or whatever, blot it out. If you're going to share it, right. If you're going to share it so that no one can identify her because that that is creepy. We shouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, So – I, I do want to make that point that it's fine to have the picture of the of the fire truck, the ambulance, them wheeling someone in and out, but blot out any identifying um, features. And then there are, I guess, sometimes ways that we know it is an botched abortion, right? And I don't know yeah. how you knew in in the time that you knew it was. Yeah. But I know we have found out after the fact sometimes by reading reviews, yeah. and we and. The, looking at the dates for when someone wrote a review, hey, so-and-so ended up in the ER. There was even one where someone had died. Yeah. And the the mother of that dead patient who had had an abortion was writing a review in anger. And the dates corresponded with when we did see an ambulance there. Yeah. Yeah. And another point that I think is important, I, I have seen an ambulance probably at least four or five times. There are Almost always, in every case, I believe, it's in the afternoon, early afternoon, when they think that we are normally not there. I rarely see them show up in the morning, which leads me to believe it's possible they're holding off calling the ambulance or the fire truck while they know they're going to be witnessed. Yeah, I believe that's the case. Yeah. Well, I know – talking about how do you discern whether or not it's a botched abortion because that's one of the things I think we want to do again we want to be want to be truthful right. we're not just you're not just using the fact that there's an ambulance there and just kind of run with it oh they killed a woman inside of there you yeah. know because that would be us just being dishonest and yeah. it, it would show that we're not credible in what we're saying in, in other things right yeah one of the ways that I knew that the last time we saw an ambulance there which has not been terribly long ago is the fact that the ambulance didn't take anyone with them Right. So I right. didn't assume right. that was a botched abortion. Right. I assumed it was likely a woman's blood pressure dropped. And there are certain protocols, believe it or not, abortion centers sometimes do follow medical protocols, even though, again, 
never am I <laughs> – don't accuse me of trying to paint these people in a good light because they're not. Right. But because they're accountable in certain ways, they've got to do certain things. So if a woman's her blood pressure drops below a certain level, they've got to call an ambulance or they can get in trouble. They can lose their medical license or, or whatever. Yeah. So apparently in that situation, that's what happened. I remember actually seeing a young lady kind of stagger out of there and she looked all flush. And, right. you know, that's probably what happened. Her right. blood pressure or blood sugar dropped really low yeah. and they had to call an ambulance. However, they did wait until the afternoon and that woman had been in there for quite a while. So I'm yeah. going to guess they, they waited as long as they could yeah. and they found out we weren't leaving. So they went ahead and called the ambulance because they knew they had to. So right. it could be a situation like that. I'm making yeah. a few assumptions mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we can make kind of educated guesses on what's going on. But again, we don't want to just assume because there's an ambulance at the abortion center, it's a botched abortion. However, if it is a botched abortion and we've got some evidence to prove that, um, that, that, that needs to be publicly shown. Like people need to right. see these are not safe places. Right. These are not health care facilities. Yeah. Women's lives are ruined and destroyed just like mm-hmm. babies' lives are mm-hmm. destroyed inside of that place. So are the lives of the women sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, so we will post it on social media without any identifying features of a woman or anything so that she could be identified. But we will post it because we want to raise awareness that abortion is not as safe as the so-called pro-choice people would would suggest. Uh, And so I I do think that's an important use of of our photographs and of of our presence there that we expose that. Um, but also, you alluded to earlier, and I think this is probably the very most valuable thing that we can do if an ambulance shows up, and it, that is to use it as a teachable moment yeah. for the women who are still there. I have seen women leave when they see an ambulance or a fire truck. They, you know, they they already maybe are feeling some trepidation about whether what they're doing is is yeah. good or not. And then to see that is kind of like the final straw yeah, that sure. has them leave. So we can use that for others who maybe are feeling conflicted. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's not necessarily, hey, they just botched an abortion. They might botch your abortion. Could be the case, could not be the case. And we yeah. can certainly say we know that they've botched abortions here in the past, and that could possibly be what's going on inside of there. Right. But one of the things I will say mm-hmm. is that if you came here to hide the fact that you're pregnant and you end up in a stretcher like that person is, how are you going to explain to your family why you're here in the hospital, right? Right. Be right. careful. Your sin will find you out. Yeah. Right? That's a warning that we need to... To emphasize, because the Bible certainly does. And it's a warning that is very biblically based, and that yeah. that is just really critical, is reminding them this is a sin, and there are repercussions for sin. And this could be the repercussion for you, yeah. as well as for whoever that person is on the stretcher. Yeah. Also, yeah. you know, one of the things, like common theme that we see as we're talking to women going into the abortion center, if we ask them, did you pray and ask God for a sign— more often than not, they say, yes, I prayed and asked for a sign. And so I'll, I'll say, you think maybe the fact that there's an ambulance here that's taking a woman out of a stretcher at this place, that yeah. might be a sign to you? 
Yeah. That you shouldn't do this. That this is not safe. That yeah. this is not a safe place. Right. That's a really Listen, good point. If you look at the track record of abortion clinics, mm-hmm. there's a website that we we point people to. It's not our website. I don't really know the people that run this website, but there's some useful information on there. Abortiondocs.org. Mm-hmm. They've basically got the track record of the abortionists and abortion clinics all across the nation. Some of it's up to date. Some of it's older information. But if you look through that website, abortiondocs.org, and you see all of the things that these abortion clinics, these abortionists are associated with, these are not good people. These are not safe places. Yeah. And then, of course, if you know some of the news of Planned Parenthood and, and other places, I think just recently a uh, university was caught selling baby body parts yes. and things like that, using yeah. these these um, aborted babies for research and aborting children just for research purposes and things like that. Just, just wicked, evil stuff. Yeah. I think it does serve as a sign and it does show how wicked and dark and evil these places are. Right. And we know that the doctors maybe are not quite of the highest caliber just yeah. by the fact that we see all the time the so-called doctors, the abortionists being driven into the abortion center and they're hiding. Yeah. They're, they lie down in the seat. They cover themselves with a blanket. The driver drives them around to the back of the abortion center and then they quickly race through with, with a, you know, a hoodie up and masks and they race through the bushes in the back so that they can't be identified, so that yeah. they, they can't be recognized. And anyone who feels the need to hide um, from what they do tells you that maybe what they're doing is not something they are proud of. Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, uh, something that um, I have heard people say is, well, it's not Christian to be taking pictures of an ambulance and of someone in their darkest moment. Yeah. There they are in their darkest moment in, the, in a medical emergency. So one of the things I thought about is, as I was thinking through this is, would God do such a thing? Mm-hmm. Would he call attention to the damage of sin to others who are observing? Yeah. Well, yes. Of course. He, he does. I yeah. mean, the cross is one of the most, you know, perfect examples of that, where he is, there is Jesus, bloodied, mangled, hanging on a cross because of our sin. Yeah. And, and that is, God could not be pointing to a more you know, um, perfect picture of the consequence of sin, the horror of the consequence of sin. Yeah, I know there's a temptation for us as human beings, especially we're in front of an abortion center, for example, right? And we're calling out to the women. We're warning them of the consequences of the sin of abortion. It's going to destroy your baby. This is something you're going to regret for the rest of your life. And then an hour later, an ambulance pulls in. Mm -hmm. And it's very tempting to say, I told you so. Yep. Or as that woman's being taken out on the stretcher, I told you so. I warned you. Why didn't you listen to me? Right. To gloat. Right. To gloat of like, I was right. You were wrong. Right. That's not the mentality that God wants us to embrace. Not at all. When it comes down to like exposing sin, certainly sin gets exposed. Be careful. Your your sin will find you out. But the motive of our heart needs to be checked. Mm -hmm. Like when a woman, and so here's, here's really, I think, in my mind in my heart what i wanted to impart to those who are listening yeah is when a woman is being brought out on a stretcher mm-hmm. or you know ambulance shows up or whatever the scenario might be mm-hmm. our first reaction should be one of grief right i don't want her i don't want her life to be destroyed right 
I don't want her to suffer the consequences mm-hmm. of her sin necessarily. Mm-hmm. I don't want to wag the finger and say, I told you so. Yeah. I'm, I'm no better than her in the sense that in my sin, in my destructive sin, I have, I have destroyed other people. Yeah. I have affected other people with the decisions I've made, and those decisions have affected me as well. Like, I, you know, we're all in that same, you know, they say sinner saved by grace, right? I'm no yeah. better than her. Yeah. And so I'm not putting myself against her, pitting myself against her. Like, I'm more righteous than you. Look what happened to you and did what didn't happen to me. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be and should be grieved. I believe it grieves the heart of God. Yeah. I mean, have you seen women taken out of that place on a stretcher? Yes. Have you seen women oh, yeah. even yeah. maybe not taken to the hospital in an ambulance mm-hmm. or whatever, but like mm-hmm. walked out of the door by some of the uh, the so-called nurses there? And they just can't walk. Stacked. They're they being go, they're holding like, them up, and yeah. it, right, it's it's horrifying, and it yeah. doesn't it doesn't cause any joy in in any of our wonderful volunteers. We're all filled with sorrow and horror uh, by that, and but but gloating is is you came up with a great a great verse. That I think exemplifies that it's Proverbs twenty four, seventeen to eighteen. I've got it here. You yeah. want me to read that one? Yeah. Do not gloat when your enemy falls. When they stumble, do not let your heart rejoice, or the Lord will see and disapprove and turn His wrath away from them. They're having the the evidence of what they did, the consequence of it. They're living it. Yeah. In in the whatever is terrible thing has befallen them that they have to be taken away in a stretcher and that hopefully is going to convict their hearts of this is this is what happens when when we turn from god when we rebel against him and do something terrible like like an abortion yeah but we we on the other hand are warned by god don't use that as an opportunity to gloat or rejoice yeah yeah and if you are, and if yeah. you feel that rising up in you, that kind of "I told you so" mentality, yeah, you need to check your heart. Right. You need to check your motives. Right. Uh, yes. Are, are they killing children inside of there? Yes. Are those mothers involved in that? Yes. Yeah. But do we delight whenever the consequences? Like, if someone is on death row, right, because mm-hmm. they've committed a, a terrible crime, mm-hmm. and justice is going to be served, and that person is going to be put in the electric chair or you know, yeah. lethal injection or whatever. Yeah. If you're like delighted to see the electric chair turned on and the electricity running through their body or the poison injected in their veins, if you delight in that, then there's a problem yeah. with you. Yeah. <laughs> You've got issues. You've become as bad as the people that you're fighting against. Yeah. If that's the um if that's the mentality that is inside of you. And uh I I think I, I am prone to a little bit of gloating when a mom chooses life yeah. and the pro-abortion people become very crestfallen and sad because they've done everything in their power to prevent that. Yeah. That's a little bit different because there's been a positive outcome for both the mother and the baby. Yeah. Um, but even that, I have been warned, you know, Vicky, gloating is, is not really what you should be doing. You should be rejoicing yeah, that rejoicing a child what was the Lord saved. Has done. But, but – we we are not glo- we should not be celebrating that um that we showed the enemy up or <laughs> yeah. whatever that's yeah. not that's not quite the right motivation no it's not i mean ultimately our desire is that we want people to come to the lord i don't right. want people to be you know 
defeated in any way. I don't want them yeah. to be downcast in any way. Um, there is a balance there, though, and, and I don't want to get into all of that. Certainly, yeah. we should rejoice when justice is served. We should. Right? Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, there's a sense in which, yes, if a serial murderer has been put to death, like we should rejoice that justice has been served. Wow, that's, yeah. a, that's a subject for another podcast, isn't it? <laughs> the yeah. death penalty yeah. conversation. We haven't gone Comes into depth on that. all the time, though, we, at the we, abortion center. We should tackle that one we day. definitely need yeah. to tackle that. I think yeah. I kind of let the cat out of the bag with my stances on that. Although, However, I will say, not to, not to go off too far on a tangent, um, I'm not terribly comfortable with the death penalty in the United States of America because our justice system is not what it needs to be. But we will have that conversation another day. Let's continue on this conversation. Yeah. We're not going to rejoice when someone who has done evil has reaped the consequences of their evil because we have to be honest, we ourselves have done evil and God in his mercy gave us mercy. He gave us grace, right? Right. right? right. And that's what we hope for others. Yeah. So here's a proverb. So you, you wonder, is that established biblically? Is what Shouldn't we rejoice in, in righteousness and shouldn't we rejoice in justice? We should. Yeah. But should we rejoice when our enemy falls? When the wicked uh, suffer the consequences of their sin. Yeah. Here's what the Bible says. Proverbs 17, 5. Whoever mocks the poor shows contempt for their maker. Whoever gloats over disaster will not go unpunished. Yeah. You don't want to gloat yeah. over disaster. Right. You'll be punished for, yeah. for doing that. Yeah. Which is even though, the you know, it may be that the wicked are getting what they deserve, but we are still not to gloat over the disaster that ensues. Yeah. Yeah. Another proverb, Proverbs 24, 17 Yeah, I read that one. I did okay. read that one. You've already read that one yeah, this far? Yeah, I already read that one. Were you asleep was it, was for it, that I time? I might have been. I won't gloat over was, that, though, Daniel. Don't gloat over that. <laughs> well, let's read it again. Okay, it's a good one. Yeah. Do not gloat when your enemy falls. When they stumble, do not let your heart rejoice, or the Lord will see and disapprove and turn his wrath away from them. Yeah. So God's going to have wrath on them. So ultimately, what it's saying is we need to leave that whole justice and justice being carried out and reaping and sowing and you know people again reaping the consequences of their sin we need yeah. to leave that in God's hands yeah yeah all of that is in the Lord's hands he sorts through all of that stuff not yeah. us our but, position should be one of mercy one of kindness one of grace one of understanding that if not for the grace of God we would be in that same situation right yeah and that's a good principle in general to Trust that God's going to take care of this. He's His wrath, His judgment, His the consequences. They are not up to us; they are all up to God and that person. And um, and we know He's a just God, and we know that He loves them, and that the purpose sometimes of suffering, not always, but sometimes the purpose is to teach and to guide. Yeah, and th that might very well be what's happening as that woman's being taken away yeah. in an ambulance, that, that God is using this as an opportunity to teach and guide her, maybe not for that baby that she aborted, but maybe for her ultimate salvation, her ultimate turning to God and for future children through that experience. Yeah. So it can be a really valuable moment and experience for them. And and that's biblical. God yeah. God definitely uses throughout the Bible. We hear about people who are um, 
in terrible suffering circumstances. And God does say with some of them, this is due to your sin. Yeah. Now go and sin no more, lest something worse will happen to you. I think that was the story that I told in the article that we're, uh, we're going to be putting out about the the man by the sheep gate yeah. who, who was blind. Uh, well, I don't know if he was blind. He was paralyzed. But he was- It's pa- John chapter 5. Yeah. 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 And he had been there an invalid for 38 years. And, and the way when, when I remember when I first read that, I just felt sorry for him. Yeah. And, and thought this poor man. And it never occurred to me that any of this was through his own sin or his own fault. But later on, Jesus, Jesus heals him. Yeah. Tells, tells him, um, uh, do you want to get well? So he asks him first, do you want to be healed? The man gives all these excuses for why he cannot be. He doesn't really directly answer the question yes or no. He says why he can't be healed. And then Jesus gives him the, the command to get up, pick up your mat and walk. And the man's instantly cured. But it's later that Jesus sees him at the temple and says, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. Yeah. Now, I could be interpreting it wrong, but to me, it sounds like that at least some of whatever suffering he was going through, maybe all, maybe just part of his illnesses, was due to sin because Jesus said, stop sinning or something worse will happen to you. Yeah. Well, it certainly could be interpreted that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that that's you know, the correct interpretation of it. I think the warning is, though, that your sin can lead to, to terrible things. So right. whether or not that's connected to his earlier state that he was an invalid or whatever, yeah. that he was paralyzed, whether it was yeah. because of his sin or not, the yeah. warning still is that sin can lead to things worse yeah. than being paralyzed, right? Yeah. Ultimately to hell. Yeah. So later on in, I believe it's John chapter 2, Nine, where Jesus, there's a man who was born blind, and the disciples ask, Lord, was it because of his sin or his parents' sin? And Jesus said, basically, neither one of those is for the glory of God, and ultimately, he heals the man. Right. So it's not always that the things that you suffer are directly connected with sin, but it is always that there is a consequence for sin. That's right. Like, be careful, your sin will find you out. That's right. And again, it's the motive of our heart. What is our motive when we're seeing the consequences and we're even laying out, I think there's a sense in which you could say, I told you so, to someone who's suffering the consequences of sin. You don't say it like that, I don't think. But you help them make the connection. And don't you mm-hmm. see that God in his word clearly warns against, you know, whatever it might be, sex outside of marriage and how the right. consequences can be an unplanned pregnancy, an un, yeah. un, quote, unwanted pregnancy. And you can make that connection. The consequences can be of, of doing drugs, can be yeah. um, that it ruins your mind, it ruins your body, right? Yeah. And it's not like, you know, I told you so in a prideful sense, but it's like, look what look what God warned you of. Yeah. And you can, I, I could say even with a woman who's, who's in this state, who's in an ambulance, who's in the hospital, mm-hmm. who has some kind of negative effect from her abortion, mm-hmm. you don't need to necessarily say, I told you so, but you mm-hmm. can make the connection and see... God warns against the consequences of sin. Yeah. And you're not right now suffering some of those consequences that he warned you against. Right. But you still have breath in your lungs. And so God still, he's not done with you. Don't you see now is the time to repent and put your trust in him? Yeah. And I think you can say that and I think you can communicate that 
to even when an ambulance shows up at the abortion center, any of yeah. these scenarios where a woman, I mean, that's that's basically what we're getting at. When a woman is negatively affected by an abortion mm-hmm. and it happens right there in front of you, mm-hmm. there is a way to communicate to them, don't you see that now you're at the end of yourself mm-hmm. and you need God? And really, is it mm-hmm. not that when we're at the end of our, ourselves, do, don't we realize that that's when we really need the Lord, that we really can't do this stuff ourselves? That's right. And so you are able to speak kind of that hard truth about look at where your sin has brought you because you ended it with, but there is a beautiful opportunity for you right now to turn your life around and turn your life over to the Lord. Yeah. And so you can, you're can you going all the way through the gospel kind of using what is happening to them right there in bringing it to the beautiful conclusion of repentance and ultimately salvation. Yeah, yeah. So. Now, I do know that as we're seeing this happen in front of us, again, an ambulance coming mm-hmm. or – like I've mentioned before, we've seen women that have been taken out by the, the nurses and walked to their car. They're staggering to the car. You know, they just had a surgical abortion. They've right. obviously been terribly affected by it. it wasn't and they just... can't ambulate themselves, which, by the way, I thought that was illegal, that you have to be able to leave in your on your own power yeah. or they're not supposed to discharge you. Yeah, I thought that was the case. I could be wrong about that, but you, people listening may want to look that up in their yeah. own community. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's different laws. I know uh, yeah. from what I understand here locally, as long as someone can drive them away, they're okay, okay. Uh, to leave in that state. But yeah. you know, maybe dig a little deeper into yeah. that. In either of those scenarios, they've been taken away on an ambulance or they've obviously been negatively affected by the abortion or they've not been outwardly negatively affected Mm -hmm. by the abortion. They're just Mm -hmm. driving out. Again, the ambulance is driving out. One of the things that I try to train our volunteers and people that are doing sidewalk ministry to to do Mm -hmm. is when that ambulance is driving away, what do we want that person to see? Maybe that woman is able to see out the window. Or maybe the person that's riding with them, the boyfriend or their mom or whoever is in the ambulance, when they're looking out, they're expecting to see someone on that sidewalk looking at them, wagging the finger and Mm -hmm. saying, I told you so. Mm -hmm. When they're driving out after having had the abortion and they're, you know, again, they're not negatively affected, uh, Mm so-called physically or whatever, by the abortion. But they're driving out and they look in their rearview mirror. They're expecting to see someone wagging the finger, yelling at them. Look what you did. I warned you. Calling them names. Calling them names, whatever. What I want them to see, though, and I think this is from the Lord, and you Mm -hmm. guys that are listening, you can bring this before the Lord if you you want. If you disagree with me, bring it before the Lord and see what he says in his word. When they look in that rearview mirror, what I want them to see is I want them to see us with our heads down. Yep. Praying for them, I even put my hand up. I'm praying, you know, as Pentecostals, we like to lay hands on stuff and, you know, pray and lift our hands and all of that stuff. I want them to see that. I want them to see a a posture of grief, Mm -hmm. of humility, of prayer, Mm -hmm. of intercession for them. I want them to see that someone cares about them. Even that person that they thought was going to be wagging the finger, that person is praying for them. Right. I yeah. think that's really what they should see in their rearview mirror. I agree. That's such a powerful thing yeah. for them to see. Yeah. They, and and you're showing the love and the care of Jesus yeah. at that moment. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. takes us really biting our pride. Yeah. And us saying, yes, they suffered the consequences of their sin. 
Yeah. And they're going to likely suffer the consequences of their sin. But God, please have mercy. And that's what I'm praying. I'm not just mm-hmm. pretending like I'm praying so they see something. I'm not, I'm not trying to put on a show. Right. But I do want them to see me in that rearview mirror. And what am I praying? This is what I'm praying. Lord Jesus, I pray that you show that woman that you're a God of mercy, that she can turn to you, that if she turns to you, you'll save and you'll rescue her. In spite of her sin, you still love her and you would still have mercy on her. And so I'm praying a prayer of mercy, intercession. God, draw that woman to, your, to yourself. I'm praying also a conviction. I pray that she would see that she took the life of her child. I pray that she would feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit and see, Lord Jesus, that you're the only way that her sins can be washed away. That's what I'm praying. Right. And I'm interceding for that woman. Right. And I believe God's using that. Yeah, and I agree. And not and and I think you've said this, but just to say again, not only when they're leaving in an ambulance, but every time yeah. a woman is leaving and we know she's had the abortion. Yeah. That uh that they should see us in merciful prayer. Yeah. For yeah. them. Yeah. An attitude anyway of of prayer. Yeah. <clears throat> And just to end this thing out and shift gears just a little bit with a few practical things mm-hmm. that I don't think you have in the article. Maybe you end up adding this to okay. the article. But in the vein of, again, not being a creeper, not being a weirdo, I think there is some helpful things you can do, though, if you see an ambulance mm-hmm. at the abortion center. There's a way that you can get the records of why that ambulance showed showed up. It's not – in every state and every municipality, it can be a little different. Mm-hmm. But you can call and you can ask for that information. There are public records. The Freedom of Information Act basically allows for you to be able to get this information that's public um, so that the public can be aware of mm-hmm. the things that are going on. So mm-hmm. if you do get that information, they're going to have didacted the woman's name likely and, and some of the information that might identify who she is. And again, that's not what we want to know. Yeah, we don't, I wouldn't I wouldn't put that out either. Yeah. If you did find anything out, I wouldn't use that name, but definitely yeah. using what happened and yeah. knowing if it was a botched abortion in any way. Right. And, yeah. and the motive behind that, again, it's not to go against that woman. Right. Right. We want her to come to know the Lord, right? right? But it's really to expose, was it yes. Ephesians chapter five, verse eleven, mm-hmm. have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. We yeah. want to expose these abortion clinics. Mm-hmm. We want to expose what they're doing. They pretend to be women's health care facilities, and yet they're butchering women behind the scenes. I mean, look at what happened in the Kermit Gosnell thing right? and how that finally got exposed. But what if someone would have earlier exposed them, which actually, if you listen to the uh, – there's a there's a documentary that is called Gosnell. It's actually not a documentary. It's actually a movie. But then there's documentaries that kind of show that whole Kermit Gosnell thing that took place. There were people that actually tried to expose this, and, and there was a lot of cover-up and all that stuff. But we've got to do what we can to expose these abortion centers for really what they are. Especially because there's such a powerful lobby behind those the abortion industry, and we are probably not as powerful or, yeah. or have as much money. So whenever we do have information that can be a chink in their armor of lies, then we should we should definitely give that information yeah. to the public. Yeah. Are there any other helpful suggestions? You said there were there were Um no that was things. basically it. Okay. Um, you know, digging into mm-hmm. public records if you can. Yeah. To expose these places. Okay. Even, you know, on the sidewalk Having a sheet of paper, we have what we call it's called our bullet pointed sheet, right? Right. Yeah. About yeah. the abortion center, so we have yeah. these kind of bullet pointed these situations where we know they've botched abortions. Um, 
and the track record of the abortionists. We have that so we can show these moms mm-hmm. and they can look these things up. You can find these things in a Google search, the different times that they've had citations on their yeah. medical record as far as the abortion center. Checkmyclinic.org is okay. a website yep. that will also point out some of the infractions yeah. of health centers. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, checking them out. Um getting information about those infractions and having that as something you can show the moms. It's not the first thing I'm going to talk to them about. I'm really going to use our three talking points, you know, what God says, humanity of the baby and resources that are available. But I'll also pull that out too as a wild card. Do you know about this abortion clinic? Do you know what they've been responsible for? Yeah. And that can turn away um, a mother from abortion as well. Yeah. Can. So hopefully this was a blessing to you guys. It was kind of an off the cuff subject that we felt like we um, we would cover and be a blessing to you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, give us some feedback. Let us know. Um, share this podcast with others. We would certainly love to get more listeners on board and uh, reach out to us. Re- reach out to me, Daniel at lovelife.org. You reach her, Vicki at lovelife.org. If you have suggestions for future episodes, any comments or things like that about this episode or other episodes, questions. We'd certainly love to answer your questions the best we can. But until next time, God bless. God bless y'all. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude. I know it will cost me my life. Nothing's too precious since I met you